the Lord began to press in my heart uh, a word that I believe he has for us in preparation for the fall. Um, living in Santa Barbara, there's not a lot of preparation we do when, when the seasons change, right? Not like everyone else in the country. Like you literally change wardrobes. But in Santa Barbara, it doesn't really happen. Last week, I, I went to Crossroads, that place where you can trade clothes, and I brought in a bunch of shorts, and the lady looked at me and she said, well, we're, not, we're taking clothes for the fall. I was like, well, you know this is Santa Barbara, right? I mean, like the fall's coming, like all of a sudden, like snow is on the way. Like all of a sudden, we don't wear shorts anymore. So I just, I was, I was a little bit disturbed at the context of maybe where she doesn't really realize where we're living. Because in Santa Barbara, the, the seasons change and nothing happens for us. It stays like what, 75, right around there. And then it turns 80 and we all start complaining, oh my God, it's so hot. It gets down to 65, oh, it's so cold. We're super blessed beyond belief that our seasons don't change, but yet God has developed seasons. And I believe there's a spiritual season that's coming in the fall. That as a body of believers, we, 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 we need to rally together. As a community of believers, we need to rally together and make preparations for the fall, for this new season that God has for us. Because I believe it's a season of fruitfulness. A season of fruitfulness. I don't know about you, but you know, the, the last season that, we came, that I came out of personally wasn't necessarily void of fruitfulness. It was just hard. It was a hard season. Hard season uh, with family drama. Hard season with uh, best fr- friend drama. Hard season in many facets. And it was like uh, the Lord just encouraging my soul that this season to come is one to be fruitful. And I believe that this is true for all of us. That this season of fruitfulness is available to all who heed to the word of God. Because in the word of God, we find God's promises. And just even out of the hard season that I came out of, if it wasn't for the word of God and directing and guiding me and his promises encouraging me, I think I would have been crushed. I think I would have been just crushed. And there was times where I I really was crushed in tears. Crying out, why God? But his word sustained me, encouraged me, picked me up. Spending time in the Psalms as we're going through the word. Uh, 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 as, and, and I don't know if all of you guys are still following along. It's uh, just a side note, encouragement. Um, if you haven't been going through the yearly Bible reading, pick up today where you left off, uh, January 3rd, wh- wherever it was. <laughs> just pick it up. Because as believers, void of the word of God, we're, we're without a rudder. We're a ship without a rudder. We need the word of God to guide us. And his promises that are found in his word are so needed. 
And today, that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at a few promises of Christ in preparation to allow for a fruitful season to come. So turn your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 30. This chapter is a chapter of rebuke. But mind you, because I just said, hey, we're going to look at the book and we're going to get promises. Uh, It was a rebuke to Judah, but it can be an encouragement to us. And to give us context of what's happening here is that Judah um, have given in to trusting in no longer their God, but in Egypt. And matter of fact, I'm going to read verses 1 through 3 to, to give us a little context of what's happening. Chapter 30. It says, What sorrow awaits my rebellious children, says the Lord? You make plans that are contrary to mine, you make alliances not directed by my spirit. Thus piling up your sins. For without consulting me, you have gone down to Egypt for help. You have put your trust in Pharaoh's protection. You have tried to hide in his shade. But by trusting Pharaoh, you, have, you will be humiliated. And by depending on him, you will be disgraced. So this is... The word of the Lord given to Judah, who no longer were heeding to the promises of God that he would lead them by his righteous right hand. That was a promise to them. Just as it was a promise that he would deliver them out of Egypt, this is a God who keeps his promises. And thus far, he has been a faithful God. And here we find that his people, as we know, many times would turn back to, to Egypt. And here in particularly, they're going to Egypt to gain alliances and to ask Pharaoh for help because they saw the riches of Egypt. And one of the cool things about the Old Testament is we see a lot of typologies and You may or may not know, but Egypt is a typology of the flesh. And this encouragement or rebuke was to no longer trust in the flesh. No longer to go back and and, and, uh, heed your own plans. He says, sorrow awaits you, you rebellious children. You make plans that are contrary to mine. You make alliances not directed by my spirit. Ah, it's a good word. It's a good word for us. To not trust in our own plans, in our own agendas. But to trust in the promises of God. Listen, later in this chapter... Verse 15, 
This is what the sovereign Lord says, the Holy One of Israel. He says, only by returning to me and restoring in me will you be, or excuse me, resting in me will you be saved. In quietness and confidence is your strength. But you would not have it. You would not have it. God offered Judah the promises and protection from Assyria. And yet they chose to go and find help and make alliances with Egypt. Yet they could have trusted in a God who had been faithful thus far to them. And what God has given us here is a snapshot of what it would look like in trusting him. He's saying this is what the sovereign Lord says. Only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. And then he says in quietness and in confidence is your strength. That, my brothers and sisters, is a rebuke or an encouragement. Depending on where you are. I believe there's application here for us. And looking at this snapshot, we can see by trusting in God's promise, ultimately, he gives us somewhat of a definition of what that looks like. Trusting in God's promises means returning back to him. Trusting in God's promises means resting in him. Trusting in God's promises, as we see and we'll look at, is being still in the quietness of who he is. Trusting in God's promises means confidence and strength. So that's what we're going to look at this morning. So as we look at the scripture, let's... Let's ask the Lord to prepare our hearts and our minds to receive this encouragement or rebuke. Jesus, right now we ask that you would allow your word to penetrate both heart, mind, and soul. That you would soften our hearts to receive, that you would clear our minds of the many things And bring to our minds truth that would set us free. Promises that would encourage the soul. Come, Lord, have your way with us. We're your children. We're gathering around you, seeking from you, trusting in you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So what we're going to look at here is this scripture. And hopefully in doing so, again, it'll prepare us for this next season in our life. And we're going to start by looking at this concept that God has encouraged or rebuked uh, Judah in saying... In returning to me, only in returning me to me and resting in me, will you be saved? Is he speaking of salvation? Not necessarily. He's speaking of the, 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 the complete 
corruption and damage that they were reaping because of their trusting and seeking outside help other than God. And I think we can all testify that yes and amen, that is what happens when we are left to our own. But see here in returning, um, it's important that we see that what, depending on what translation you have, some translations, New King James translation, translate returning as repentance. See, because ultimately, just like um, Judah here, in habitual disobedience in our lives, we must see that there is a need to return back to the Lord. Outright disobedience is never consistent with trusting in God's promises. It's, it's complete opposite. We show that we don't trust in God when we trust in our own plans. But when we trust in God and return uh, to him, in a sense, we show that we trust in his guidance. And through his word, he does just that. And so for Judah, it was important for them to realize that they were heading in the wrong direction and they needed to return back to God. And often we do that. We're prone to wander. We head in our own directions. We head in many directions other than trusting in God. And so today, God is wanting to remind us that we are to return to him. To no longer give in to which is a continual um, battle of trusting in our own. Proverbs says that we're to trust in the Lord with all our heart, lean not on our own understandings, in all our ways, trust in Him, and He will lead our path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and shun evil, for this will be nourishment to our bodies and strength to our souls. When we trust in Him, when we trust in his promises. When we find ourselves navigating through the word of God, it's his promises that guide us. And as we trust in them, as we continue to navigate and pray and read and apply, he leads us. He makes our path straight. And so it's important that we return when we lean back into the way of the flesh. And we turn back to God. Repentance, my brothers and sisters, from the very beginning of the birth of this church nine years ago in Carpinteria, we, we just made a, a huge effort to allow the word uh, repentance to be sweet. Because repentance is returning to God. It's falling into the arms of God. It's not a scolding. It's, it's a reminder that you're, you're, you're in the wrong direction. And the spirit of God is always willing to convince us that we're in the wrong direction. And we need to return back to God. And that's what the word of the Lord was. And the encouragement or the rebuke to Judah was to return to me, return back to the promises and trusting in me. True repentance 
as many have said, um, and maybe you've heard the definition of repentance is, is like an about face, that military type order of about face. But it's beyond about face. It's, it's about face forward march into the arms of the Father, trusting, clinging to his promises. Staying true to the word of God that he might navigate the rest of your life. No longer trusting in your own ways, but trusting in his. Repentance should be felt by the one you return to. Repentance is beyond, I'm sorry God, that I am habitually doing this. It's it's. It's not sorry. It's Lord, forgive me. I need you, Abba Father. You, you know, my, my, uh, I've talked about my son many times. He's six year old. And uh, he, six is that sweet age where you're able to correct and, and there's beyond sorry. You can really feel the heart of repentance when a dad is scolding him, and just by not, not manhandling him or spanking him, just by scolding him, you can see in his, his eyes uh, the disappointment. And, and, and that always, always after scolding my son or correcting my son, there's that sweet repentance hug. Oh, I love that hug. You know, the wrap of the, the legs around the back and the clinch and, the stun, and then he melts and then the, you can feel the tears. And, and, and in my mind, that is true repentance of grabbing a hold of the father saying, Father, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Hold me. Lead me. Correct me continually. That's what I love about that six-year-old uh, mindset, that childlike, repentive heart. That's what I believe the Lord would have encouraged for us today is to be a people who maintain repentance daily. Why? Because daily we stray. Daily we sin. So daily we need to be reminded not my will, thy will. Run into the arms of the Father. Run into the arms of the Father. Because by returning to him, it validates a trust in him. Trusting in God also means we rest in him. Trip out on that. It's almost, it's, it's, it's like systematically as we repent, as we return to him, there's that rest, that, that sense of, of being wrapped in the arms of the Father, that sense of, of, of holding on and resting. And, and that is what God is describing here when he's saying, only returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. Resting. No longer trying hard or, 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 or fried and, and, and maybe you've come out of a season of, of just feeling depleted, feeling so dry and, and so weary. The season set before us, God would say, 
my sons, my daughters. Return to me and rest in me. Cradle in me. I like what Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight. He said, come unto me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Who wants that for this new season? I want the rest and that peace. It comes in repentance of returning into the arms of the Father and simply resting in his promises. You know, um, Pastor Lazo did a a wonderful job in, in teaching this text a while back. And this text has that idea of, of, of Jesus wanting to be the rabbi, wanting to teach you. Friends, Christ has made great provisions to teach us. And it's found right here in his word. Can I get an amen? amen. Church, it's found in his word. The rest that we seek is found here when Jesus says, come unto me. Come unto me. I, I, I love that. that um, it, it's, it's like he's drawing us in. It's not so much a command. It's an invitation. An invitation to those who are weary and heavy burdened. Heavy burdened by religiosity. Heavy burdened by our, our own stupidities. Because of the mess that we made when we veer, when we fall into our own traps, or when we give in to our own temptations, we burdened ourselves. And as believers, we're not to be heavy burdened. Because what Christ did on the cross, he's made great provisions for you and I to carry this light load. And friends, we find direction in that light load in his word. He says, I will teach you. Come unto me. You who are weary, heavy burdened, take my yoke upon me. Let me teach you. Let me direct you. Let me guide you. Let me control you. So often when you read that text, it sounds so good to the ear, but ultimately in the flesh, it's really difficult to hear the word control, lead, guide, because we have that sinful nature, that that tendency to go back to Egypt, that tendency to go back to what we think is best. But Christ knows what's best. God knows what's best, and he desires that his children would cling to his promises. And those promises are found in his word. He wants to lead us and guide us in this new season. So we need to be quick to repent and to rest in his arms. And in the quietness 
I trip out on this text. Going back to, let's go back to, to Isaiah. Trusting God's promises means quietness. To be quiet before him shows that we trust him. But, wait, but Lord, no. In the quietness, in repentance, because again, watch the systematic moves here. We, we repent, we turn from going the way of Egypt. We cradle in the arms. We rest in those arms with a quiet spirit. That's, that's what we need. Because don't we have a tendency? Like you can almost see Judah. I can see Judah as, he's, as he starts to get seven and eight, nine. He's going to be a little harder to hold. Okay, Dad, I'm sorry, but I wouldn't have done it if Natalie wouldn't have done this. And if, if that wouldn't have happened, I would have, right? We, we have a tendency to do that. God, forgive me, but you know, I just thought I knew what I was doing. And I entered that relationship because it seemed like it was just what I wanted. And, and we complicate and make things so much more confusing. Any of you do that? Just confusion in your head, overthinking things. Friends, this is a good word from the Lord for us all. To rest in the arms of the Father in quietness. Just shutting your trap. (laughs) Allows for the ears to hear what perhaps the Spirit would say. He rebuked Egypt for, for that very thing. He said, you have your own plans. Verse 2 says, you, ha- you make your own plans that are contrary to mine. You make alliances not directed by my spirit. God's spirit wants to speak and direct us. But friends, it comes in the quietness. Something the Lord has been ministering deep in my heart is to be still and know that he is God. Friends, we're all in a hurry. Maybe, maybe I should rephrase that. I'm always in a hurry. Maybe you're not. But I'm always in a hurry. We just got this instant gratification. We got Instagram. We got Insta everything. We just want everything instant. And man, I, I got to tell you that just, just, just last week, you know, you, you, I got four kids and I got to get here and got to get them over there and, and I'm on my way in between here and there and uh, I stopped at Coast Village to, to get an energy drink uh, because I was on my way from Santa Barbara to Carpinteria to uh, pick up Judah or something. I don't even remember. I was just in a hurry, busy, uh, many texts coming, and just that's just where my life was. And so I stopped at Coast Village to, to get an energy drink so I can be sustained and, and, and be able to get done all the things I needed to do. And so I'm in deep thought, and I'm walking in the parking lot, and I'm just in a hurry, and this truck 
it just lunges for me. Like, like I'm walking and he lunges for me and I'm just looked at him like this. And then, and then as the window was open, I, I said in the window, are you okay? And the, and the guy says, yeah. And I, and I walk away and I'm in a hurry still. And I'm like, then the guy backs up. Hey, are you that pastor from reality? (laughs) Yeah, buddy. How? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's me, bro. If you're here, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Because it just, you just get these blinders, right? And it was at that moment that I was able to heed the spirit who was saying, wow, son, slow down. Slow down. Maybe it's just me, but I just sense that this season to come, it needs to be one that we're just willing to put the e-brake on. To get away with God. We live in an amazing place where we could take sweet walks with our Creator and be still and be quiet and repent, cuddle in His arms and just listen. I just recently went on vacation with my family to Mammoth and I just got all Grizzly Adams. Just, oh, I love the trees. And I just, I just thought I was a big city guy, but I was like, man, there's a little guy in me that just loves trees and loves walking and hiking. And I forgot about it. Because when you, when you put yourself in that place, and you see the creation and you're not just seeing it as a means to, okay, it's in my next destination. You just slow down. And smell the roses. Slow down and smell the rose of Sharon. Slow down and cuddle in the arms of our creator. Slow down and just, what's the next marching order? I, I seem to, my iCal tells me what it is, but... Can you confirm? Can you lead? Because if we're willing to surrender in such a way, I just think such a fruitful season lies ahead of us. If we're just willing to slow down our busy, crazy world. Because when we find that we run and return into his arms and we find rest, peace, and the quietness and the stillness. There's this promise of confidence and strength. Confidence and strength. Not craziness, but a confidence that's found through repentance, cuddling, resting, waiting, trusting, comes confidence 
Christ. Died on the cross. Took a beating. Separated from the Father. To restore a relationship. That we can enter. With confidence. With boldness. Into the presence of God. And so often. We miss out. On the provision because we're so busy. And this morning, God is just saying, slow down. Because in doing so, we'll have great confidence and strength. Maybe less energy drinks for me comes through greater confidence which comes from rest, which comes from cuddling, which comes from repentance. What a great direction. What a great encouragement. What a good God. There is no person walking on this earth more powerful than a child of God boldly, properly trusting in the promises of a living God who is faithful and true. Who is faithful when we are faithless. When we trust in him, we are given a boldness and a confidence and a strength. Because it's the promises that he is greater than he in us than he that is in this world. That we are more than conquerors. These are promises that are true when we're willing to stop and really digest and believe in them. Can I get an amen? Amen. God is wanting to restore the confidence in us as believers to stay on mission and be fruitful for the kingdom of God. And it comes through repentance, rest, trust, and confidence. And really... Applying a quietness. This morning we have a wonderful opportunity to respond to the word of God by waiting on him, being still before him. Just getting on our knees and and not really saying anything other than help me Lord. Or perhaps just coming and being still before him. Oh yeah, we'll have prayer team out there that you can go and, and, and ask prayer for, but ultimately I'm going to tell them to send you here. Prayer team, send everyone you pray for down to the carpets to cuddle, cradle in the arms of your creator. Be restored, renewed, strengthened. Gain from the one who's given, from the Prince of Peace, who because of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we have access to all that I'm speaking of. All these promises are true to those who believe in Christ Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Brothers and sisters, as redeemed children of God, let's together repent. Rest, wait, 
be still. Respond. Amen? Do you guys mind if I close with a little quote from my brother, F.B. Meyer? He says this in regards to Isaiah 30, which later on God says in verse 18, therefore the Lord, therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious Unto you. Then F.B. Meyer says this. As long as the people tried to help themselves. Sending ambassadors to Egypt. And seeking an alliance against the invader. God could do nothing for them. He could only wait until they return. To simple reliance upon himself. In returning to trust and rest, they would be saved. At first they said no. They were, not, they were opposed to the idea of simple trust in God. It seemed impossible to believe that they simply rested on him. He would do better for them than that they could do themselves. Or with the help of Egypt. All the while, God was waiting till every expectant failure, and they were reduced to such a condition that He could steep down and save them. How like this is much in our lives. It is long before we learn the lesson of returning and rest in the quietness and the confidence. Will we trust in chariots and horses and ride upon the swift? It is, of course, right to use the means, but our strong temptation is to put them in the place of God and trust them. You are trying to save yourself from your penalty of sin, from the pursuit of your foes, from the perplexing uh, combinations and complications of circumstances. You are running back and forward, flurried, in a very descriptive way, saying craziness at how many doors you have knocked to find them closed. All the while, God has been waiting graciously for you, waiting till you came to your end of yourself, waiting. To like a spent struggler in the water, you cease from your mad efforts and cast yourself back upon him, the strength of his everlasting love. He alone can save, and blessed are those who wait for him. The soul that waits for God will always find God from whom he waits. God. Is waiting patiently for you to return, for us to crawl into his arms, to find rest, peace, confidence, and strength. Jesus, thank you for this morning. We humbly have gathered and anticipated your word and your promises. And we ask, Lord, 
that your spirit would come and lead and direct us for a proper response. Not the typical religious response, but a proper, genuine, sweet response. Humbly we come before you, asking that your spirit would reveal to us our error. For those of us who are weary, heavy laden, burdened by the craziness of our life, we wait on you. Come, minister to the depths of our souls. We cry out to you, Abba Father. We cling to you, our true love. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, let's properly respond as we make way. I understand not all of you can come up here at once. But I would encourage your heart to kneel before him. I would encourage us all to respond properly, genuinely, as the Lord seeks to build confidence and strength, to restore rest. Let's do that together, friends.